have a passion, hobby or expertise and want to share it with the world, why not do a podcast? The PodStation offers a wide range of packages to make this a reality, ranging from training and support for those who have no idea where to begin to podcasters who just need somewhere to host their show. With prices starting at a mere £15 per month, you can now get involved in one of the fastest growing entertainment forms in the world without all the headaches. To find out more, visit thepodstation.co.uk forward slash station dash packages. And remember, those with passion, podcast. You're listening to The Business Spotlight, exclusively on The Podstation. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Business Spotlight. My name's Mark. I am one of the co-owners of the Podstation. Uh, just to briefly cover what it is that we do with the Business Spotlight, we set it up to hopefully give businesses a chance to promote themselves and showcase their expertise to a wider audience. Uh, if you do fancy actually being on the show, if you want to email the Business Spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk or get in touch with us on any of our social media platforms. We're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Nearly forgot Facebook there. Perhaps they should be a sponsor of the show, and then I won't in the future. Um, Then uh, if you just drop us a direct message there or send us an email, we'll get in touch. We'll send you off an application form, and hopefully you can get yourself on too. Um... This week, we're going for a slight... I'm quite excited by this week, actually, because uh, it's something I know very little about, but I always like watching TV programmes on this particular topic. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce our guest for this week, which is Ishtar Ali from Ankara Interiors. How are we doing, Ishtar? I'm doing very well, thanks, Mark. How are you? I'm splendid. We're talking <laughs> at this moment in time with the glorious weather outside, so it's red hot inside, but we do both have floral outfits on, uh, which at least brings the summer in, I feel. It, it does indeed, yeah. We're coordinated in a beautiful way. And when we've finished this, we're both legging it outside. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to work and i'm doing i'm doing air quotes there with the working because how how much work we all do when we're sitting in the garden in the sunshine is is another matter entirely <laughs> so um Ishtar, do you want to tell us what ancora does and perhaps give us a bit of background as to how you actually got yourself there in the first place and then we'll probably sure, we'll probably so. see how we flow from there yeah, sure. So Ancora Interiors um, is an e-design, e-interior design business, and I launched it in April of this year. Um, and why it came about was I launched, I left my corporate job in 2019 um, to come back home and take on some family responsibilities, set up my bu- building contracting business in January 2020, and then obviously. Uh, the pandemic hit in March 2020 and everything went to pot <laughs> based on like what I had planned versus reality um, and you know the biggest thing that I learned uh, over that period was the fact that I needed to 
be able to pivot my business to enable me to continue to work should another pandemic or should another issue occur that limited my ability to actually work and generate income for myself so what I what I thought was instead of you know just focusing on things that I needed to be physically on site for um, why don't I look at doing the interior design business but doing it all virtually so that again if another pandemic does hit I'm not you know limited to the, the projects that I can do because I'm required to be on site actually I can continue to work because everything's done virtually and the beauty of that is one it's less expensive than a fully fledged interior designer because you're doing the project management of the of the project but I'm giving you all of the visuals and the tools to be able to get to where you want to be so my, my kind of tagline for Ancora Interiors is visualize your space before you lift a paintbrush and like how like how cool is that that like you can have a 3D model of your space and know exactly what it's going to look like before you actually pay a contractor to come in and actually do it I think I think there's so much value in that and you know I want to genuinely help people to get the most out of their space and enjoy it you know to the max with it you know with it being then a little bit more affordable than people would think a normal interior design service would be so <clears throat> so far it's going really well the concept is fairly new i feel like it was born out of the the pandemic last year the whole e-design concept but that everybody that i've spoken to and the people that like come across it are like wow this is something that's like really cool and you know it would be super helpful and I'm definitely going to be considering it when it's time for me to do a renovation so yeah no brainer I'm loving I love the fact that I get to do it every day and I get to be able to help you know more people than I might normally do if it had been a fully fledged service. Now you say you full you proved it against pandemics obviously if the whole world's internet all dies uh, you've you haven't thought of that yet so you'll have to come up with a, a plan b if, <laughs> if we all end up in the dark ages. Well, if we all end up in the dark ages, then we're all screwed because then nothing will happen. Will it? So that's the worst, worst, worst possible situation. And I haven't. I mean, you can you can business plan for most things in terms of risk analysis, yeah. But I think that that's something that we will never need to worry about. Hopefully, other than a small outage here and there. But I'm guessing that for the for the most part, we'll all have internet for the rest of our lives. I guess. For the purposes of Armageddon, nothing need match. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, how does the process work then? Because you've you've sort of described it being online and there being a model. Do you have to physically go out to see the space, or do they send images? How does that process work in order for you to build the model? Yeah. So, what basically happens is a customer will um, pick a package which includes a range of visuals and they are then required to give me a basic floor plan with some measures on it a video of their space and some photographs of their space and that is enough for me to then um start to build their room basically and we have you know it's a super collaborative process we have a whatsapp group we have regular calls where we share like um inspiration pictures or furniture that they like or suggestions that we've got and I build these visuals based on what they like and there's a couple of revisions that we then do before we get to a you know a final version 
And once we've got to that final version, the customer then can take away a shopping list and basically purchase all of the items, including paints and light fixtures and furniture, just by clicking a link. And also there's an add-on service where I can provide detailed specs for your contractor as well. So if you are having bespoke joinery done as part of your work or the specific building works that need to be done, um, that I can add that as part of my, you know, um, added uh, support to you for your projects so you basically get at the end of this process having had that consultation over that two week or three week period all of the tools and have full confidence knowing that this is what your room's going to be like and all of your furniture is going to fit in it because so many people have such oversized furniture or you know think that two things are going to match and they're going to be this certain style but in the end it turns out to be like super eclectic style and to be fair a lot of houses are eclectic no house is like generally just like a scandy look or a boho look or whatever like people generally like to put a little bit of this and a little bit of that in it and it all gets messed up so which is fine my house i was there. just about to ask you how do you feel when you go around to visit your friends houses <laughs> is it a bit like when you're a chef and you go around for tea at someone's house and they're sitting there panicking because i'm wondering what you think yeah no to be fair not not so much uh, and like it is interesting to go and see people's houses though now i'm focusing so much on interiors because you pick up things that like normal people wouldn't pick up on so you're like oh they'll color that light shade's really nice and i go into houses now thinking I wonder where they've got that sofa from or I wonder where that rugs come from because that would be like a great addition to like the resources that I have. But um, it's it's just really like a soup. I, I want to work with people who have lots of energy. Do you know what I mean, Mark? Because when you're working in someone's house and you're working on such a personal project, like you want somebody who's excited about that new change and you want somebody who wants to get, give you ideas and wants to receive ideas as well. So that's why this pro the pro whole process is about lots of visuals, lots of energy, lots of collaboration. So we get to that point where you are like buzzing to start your project and get that that dream room that you want basically and how how easy is that to to find you mentioned about how personal people's houses are people are probably quite precious uh, they might even be somewhat defensive when you walk and you go oh no 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 and, <laughs> and you're giving them and you i mean presumably they've come to you for new designs because they already accept it might need a new lick of paint or a slightly yeah. different colored sofa so i suppose you're halfway there through that process but do you come across people who are super conservative i, I mean i know i do with what i i quite often find you kind of just want to push them that little bit further it's like just come out your comfort zone just a touch and it'll look amazing but no 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 they want to stick with that shade of grey because that's them I mean that's inevitable isn't it but I think the beauty of showing visuals to people is that you can push that boundary in a safe environment because you're not forcing them to make a change without them seeing what that end result will look like so it does make it a little bit of an easier process when you are suggesting things that they might not have thought about to be able to say well we can have version 25 if you want because you know we can put anything on the wall and we can change it and you can just see that like this is what you want but then these are like the five other possibilities that you could possibly have if you just think about it in a different way or we choose a different shade of gray or whatever and generally people are super willing to, to experiment because it 
it is safe and you're not having to spend massive amount of money to experiment on a wall basically before you do it it's heartbreaking I, there's a, a, a program on bbc at the minute which does something very similar they do the vr version yeah. of that um and i'm always left bitterly disappointed when they choose the boring option um i remember one time the architect had sort of flipped the house around so you had the living room on the top and the bedrooms on the bottom and it's created this stunning atrium and there was it was it was it was just one of those houses where everywhere was an adventure all the time just because it felt so different and they were like no no it's it's just it it needs to be practical it's like it is practical but it's also exceedingly cool stop being boring <laughs> i suppose people have that ingrained inbuilt default of what things should be and do, do you find you have to fight against that slightly or or when they see your visuals do they tend to open themselves up so i think that we're in a really interesting time yeah because we've all been stuck in our houses for the last 12 to 16 months right and what we thought would have looked nice 12 or 16 months ago probably is a very different view now because everybody's sick of the, the sight of their four walls or feels like they've just spent so much time at home and everybody's now permanently working from home in many cases so they feel like they need to make some significant changes at home so i feel like in general people have had time to stop and think what is the purpose of my home what what do i need to change how do i make it feel like it can be the best possible version of of what it can be and therefore are probably a little bit more willing to make the changes that they might not have made previously to be honest and i've the customers that i've had so far have been very much willing to consider things that they hadn't thought about because the visuals are so powerful and so the amount of people that say actually i didn't think that that could be possible but that looks really cool and i'm all about i'm one of these people that likes a lot of like natural woods and lots of texture on walls because i hate just having like flat boring plastered walls so i'm trying to get people to be a little bit more engaging like did you know that if you do a bit of this it could look like this and we're like wow so yeah i feel like people are much more open to suggestions than probably they would have been before because they've just spent so much more time at home so I think that makes a massive difference now. Now, you and I have trodden a very similar path where we we used to strut around in power suits doing uh, boring stuff and have now found ourselves in a more creative environment. Um, you mentioned the corporate world element of it. If we could just dig back into that just to touch just to explain what 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 that was and i guess the follow-up question would be how did you reach what you're doing now and i don't mean as in you decided to set up a business and what have you what inspired you to move into that that completely different world yeah so my i was an hr director um in my previous life um it was a job that obviously required lots of people focus and you know innovation and there was to a certain extent creativity required which translates into what i'm doing now um and it was a, a job that i thoroughly enjoyed and the skills that you learn in a corporate job like that have massively helped me 
as a result of me opening my own business because there are things that you learn in a court in the corporate world that you know stand you in good stead and you and but the but to the flip side of that like I thought I was really good at, because I was working in a corporate function that like then crossed across multi-functions of work so finance legal you know all of those kind of things and then I set up my own business I was like holy shit I actually don't know <laughs> like how many like what what does an accountant actually do or like you know I've written a job description for so so many lawyers but like well, how does this translate to my own business so there was that element of like yeah I know everything but then I started my own business I was like I have no clue whatsoever like how how this is supposed to work so that was a bit of a transition and and I, I didn't realize to be honest that I loved the creative part until I actually had to do creative parts so when I set up my building contracting business in 2020, I did it because I'd always loved to do like property renovation projects. And um, I didn't want to, I, I was living in Dubai for the last 11 years and I came back to the UK and I didn't have time because of my personal circumstances to retrain on UK law. So I was like, okay, what am I gonna do in the meantime? Like, or what can I do that I think I would enjoy? And I was like, property stuff. So I was like, okay, maybe I can go and do some property renovations and work for people so that can and I had already had a group of people that I worked with so I went into that really loved it started my my diploma in interior design at the same time so I was doing the interior design and the building contracting at the same time I was offering it as part of a free service to my customers and then it's just gradually <clears throat> morphed into what it is today just based on business circumstances and based on economics um, pandemic circumstances that today now the majority of my work is creative and helping people you know have that beautiful space at home um, in a way that I can directly help them as opposed to me working with builders who will go and deliver that service I'm delivering the service directly and you know I love working with people and I love the fact that I can create a space for somebody at home to feel really happy because I understand the importance of have, having that kind of cocoon when you know everything else that's going on outside you come in and you just feel calm or you feel peace so you feel happiness whatever it that that space at home needs to feel I feel like that is such a re rewarding um thing that you can do for somebody um to be able to ha help them create that space when they might not feel that they're able to do that I guess so yeah, massive, massive transition in some in some instances between the HR and and the, you know, interiors. But at the same time, that's what gives me a USP in my work because I am very much people oriented and very much about lots of communication. And in the industry that I'm working in, particularly for the building contracting, you don't often get builders who just like to talk to you about what's going on in your projects and are willing to come back to you in a timely manner. Whereas I'm all about like, we need a daily update. We need to make sure our customers are happy before we sign off a job. We need to make sure that we're building relationships. So like my customers from the building side, we're mates now. And like, we go for like, you know, coffee or whatever. And that's the kind of way that my HR building relationships has kind of transitioned then into the interior stuff I think. Did you always have an interest in interior designs was that the exciting bit when you were doing your property developments would would the 
HR corporate you a few years ago be utterly astonished at the now interior design you sitting here or was there always that interior design you sitting inside that little HR person going let me out let me out to be honest I think she would have been astonished at the fact that this is what I'm doing today because my uh, like I've not not always been like super creatively inclined but I think that's because I've been so career focused and HR focused for my entire life and you know when you're in the rat race it's all about just doing what you're doing right like when you get an opportunity to stop and think actually what is it that I want to do what is it that I enjoy and you try new things I'm all about like pushing your boundaries and trying new stuff yeah because I'm I'm a, a bit crazy I'll do something random every year to just see if I'm like if I can do it and if I'm if I can push a boundary and pull myself out of the comfort zone um, and then look back and be like, yeah, I did it. So like jumping out of planes would be like a normal thing, even though I'm scared of heights, petrified of heights. But but I would do, I've done it. I think we all are at 12,000 feet. <laughs> yeah, the adrenaline rush was mega. But like people would have thought, okay, you've done HR. Now you're doing a building contracting company and you don't know anything about building. And I was like, no, it's fine. I'll learn it as I go along. Like I've got a team of experts that know what they're doing. My job is to make sure that I create a positive work environment for our customers and our team. So it didn't phase me or scare me to think I can't do it. I'll just try it. So it doesn't, it, yeah, going back to what we were talking about. Yeah, it, I think it it would have been, it's a big shock for my former self to know that I'm doing this today. But to a certain extent, I've always had that crazy part about me that I'll just throw myself in and see if it works and if it doesn't I'll just throw myself into somewhere else <laughs> did you find now I, I, I mentioned at the outset that we, we've walked a similar path I don't know about you I mean I was always I was always into the design and the creative stuff and I always sort of kept me hand in it I did loads of it when I was younger and I kept me hand in it over the years but did you find that trying to think creatively was slightly hampered by the more direct to the point mentality that you do have to tend to have with that more corporate approach to things is when you're in when you're in hr it's like a what's the problem b how do i solve the problem and c how do i get from a to b and it's kind of like bang 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 and move on to the next problem so you're problem solving as quickly as you can uh, whereas to be creative you do need to sort of stop and sometimes just let things flow and perhaps you you have to allow that bit to be a bit more creative and that's less planned because something might come from that and I found that quite a hard mindset to break into to begin with I'm much better at it now I, I go off all over the place now but to begin with that was quite a hard thing to break out of yeah no actually that's such a good point because i absolutely struggle with that even today because i was very and i'm i think i'm that way inclined like if there is a problem i want to resolve it as quickly as possible and then move on to the next thing because otherwise it's one of those little voices in your head that's saying it's still pending it's still pending and like you know you go a bit crazy so and and i felt like it, it is quite draining at, at the start 
it still is a little bit when you're doing the creative because I feel like I can sit and be creative for like a good four or five hours and then my brain gets really tired because I'm a bit like whoa that's a lot of creativity in one go like go away and have a bit of a, a break and then come back to it and yeah you can't it, it's not the same kind of problem solving when you're being creative as it is in the corporate world you have to be a little bit more let's step back a little bit let's give it a little bit more time and things are a little bit more slower paced than the corporate world which I do struggle with because you know it's it's having to have the patience to accept that you can't get the creative spark instantly sometimes you do but more often than not you've got to come sort of rummage around and play with things and look at things and it's that frustration where someone came to me with a legal problem you could almost instantly come up with a plan of attack to start addressing it whereas creatively you kind of got to sit there and go well this might not come to me immediately i might even have to put it down and come back to it and just that whole mindset was like no no that's not going to sit comfortably at all it's so true mark seriously actually i've not really sat down and thought about it like that but you're absolutely right like i do i do find it a bit of a struggle when i'm thinking i've got this project to do why can it why can i not deliver it the way that i need to deliver it and you're absolutely right it's because you need to be in that mindset you need to be in that headspace to be able to be like okay i'm doing this kind of project i need to do it that way um and i need to have this kind of um inspiration to be able to do it or i need to be in that kind of mood to be able to do it it's so different from corporate worlds it's it's crazy yeah you mentioned about your, your contracting business um talk us through that a little bit about your, your your building background how you got into that what how does that obviously lend itself well there seems to be a natural transition into the interior design stuff but what kind of projects do you work on so um i've done a couple of my own property renovation projects um over the last few years and had a group of uh, builders who i'd worked with and that i trusted and so when i set up the building contracting business it was a bit of a no-brainer that i would then take that but just make it into a corporate model um and have the structure and the processes and the communication all aligned um it turned out to be despite the pandemic situation it 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 turned out to be much better than i had expected simply because there's not many women doing what i'm doing in the contracting business because we focus on residential renovation so whether it be your bathroom your kitchen your living room redesign whatever it might be we can do the whole works um but also 95 percent of my customers are women and women tend to you know have a better relationship with women there is that kind of mistrust of the building builder industry where you don't know if somebody is a cowboy or not and you know when somebody's coming to do a quote it's simple things like i get my guys to take their shoes off before we enter a house so that it's respectful of the space that we you know check if people are still uh, you know i send meeting invites out when we've got an appointment booked for the customer like who the hell does that when you're doing a building contract and it just doesn't happen like we have a proper scope of work and everything so it's it's taken that corp- i took that corporate mindset and put it into my business which then was like amazing and i 
hate sales i hate asking people for work so my whole view was like i want to build a business where it's not lead generating at all people are just recommending us and we're just getting business because people are contacting us because they've seen our work or people have said yeah they do a good job and i got to that point even despite the pandemic within 12 months and i was like 50 percent referral and return rate was like amazing for me so the transition of like the interior design stuff was just a no-brainer because I was already doing it I'd found a passion for it I one of my superpowers that I'd, I'd identified during the last 12 months with a coach was that I could help visualize have a vision for the future so that was like really interesting to find out that then I was helping people to visualize what their space would look like in the future and that ended up being my superpower so I was like oh shit like who knew so um yeah it was it was it's been a good transition and I'm enjoying the fact that like I can bring ideas to life and we can still offer the building contracting support if it's a Manchester based project but if even if it's not I now have that you know 16 months of building experience that maybe other interior designers might not have because I've been on the ground and I ask you know loads and loads of questions of my builders every day and challenge what's being done so that I can understand the process better and that's just stood me in really good stead to be able to then offer a service that is super value added because I've been a builder and I understand building more than most people might think so yeah it's been brilliant I'd love to know what my superpower is. I'd like to think I'd know what it is. I'm sure everyone would probably disagree with whatever it was I came up with. Uh, <laughs> but there we go. I'm quite intrigued about the WhatsApp, sort of your approach to your projects. Does having the conv the group discussion on WhatsApp, does that reduce the number of telephone calls and emails that you perhaps get from the client? Or do they still communicate with you because i'd be quite happy to do that i mean one of the things i find so exasperating about running a business these days is the copious ways in which people can get in touch with you and it, it's quite tiresome social media and if you've got multiple platforms all of those platforms and you've got whatsapp then you've got facebook messenger then you've got text message then you've got email i mean the list goes on and Actually, the idea of sort of centralising it in one place is, it sounds quite amazing, to be perfectly frank. Yeah, I mean, look, WhatsApp is like instant. Absolutely everybody's using it, aren't they? So it's it's just been such a valuable tool to for people to be able to have constant constant contact with you without having to do phone calls because sometimes people don't like to speak on the phone it's just the way that people are i think we've just become a society where if we can send a message it's much more convenient it's instant like you can get a response you can see when people have read it just to stop you there i completely forgot about telephone calls i mean that that shows where the world yeah perhaps it says more about me as well i am one of those people who just hate telephones but yeah i add, hate telephone calls too add, add, add phone to the list of communication options that we were discussing <laughs> exactly but you know what it so works because you can share images you can obviously keep a track of what's being said when I, for the building contracts inside i would have my project manager me and the customers on the same thing so like on if i'm not on site every day i know what's gone on because there's been communication and there's been updates and we can track track through it obviously when there's 
big crucial delivery or decisions that goes into an email because I need to audit trail that properly. But other than that, just for general communication, even for the design projects that I'm doing, it's just so convenient to be like, I'm in the shop, here's a picture of what I've chosen. Like, what do you reckon? It's just instant. And I feel like my it's a great way to have that constant communication without having to go through the emails. Cause I mean, like that is cumbersome to be fair when you're working through WhatsApp, because it's just so much easier to do a chat search. And, you know, I've got like WhatsApp groups with each of the projects that I'm working on. So it's super easy to be like, okay, so for this project, this is the update. This is an inspo board that I've done, send it all good. So yeah, definitely would recommend WhatsApp groups for customers. It's so easy and like the best form of communication for me, I think. At the time we're recording this, most people have had the jab jab in your arm. Is that? I have. I've had one. Yeah, had. So we've both had our first jab um, during these this ridiculously horrible COVID pandemic thing. Um, with that in mind, what's the future hold for Ancora? Uh, how do you think things might change for you over the the coming months? As and I use this with a little bit of hesitancy because I'm, I'm touching every form of wood I can find in the in the hope that normality starts to resume very, very shortly. Well, look, I mean, my, my plan for Ancora Interiors is that I can start to service customers outside of the UK. That would be my ideal. So, like, if I'm on a beach in Dubai and I can help customers make their houses look beautiful, then good that i know that i will have made it at that point and you know the beauty is that although it is a predominantly web-based um virtual um service at the moment there is the ability for me to be a hands-on interior designer and offer offer a fully fledged service as well um which some customers have actually asked for so there is the ability for me to go out and travel and i can then you know flex and mold my service based on the customer's requirements so yeah world domination is absolutely on 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 the plan <laughs> my pinky in the brain kind of look right now and um, and just being able to like travel the world work on cool projects sit on a beach when i want to sit on a beach trek through a jungle when i want to trek through a jungle but doing something i love and living life like to the fullest i mean isn't that why we're all business owners because we don't want to be in the rat race we actually want to enjoy what life has to offer totally amen to that (laughs) right we normally ask for our experts to give some tips i'm gonna do i'm gonna go double hard on you um because you've given me a, a great list of tips that we can go through but I want some interior ones as well. So uh, we'll start with the the generic, more generic tips, as in for those business owners out there, or indeed people who might be thinking about setting up a business, what top five tips do you think that you've perhaps um, come to realise during your time as a business owner? Network you will need a network of people around you more than you will ever imagine and i despite the fact being being from an hr background hated networking massively and i never used to want to be in a networking event or talk to other people and i was always that shy person in the corner with my business card but like you realize the importance of having to network when you are a small business one because you need that peer group support but two because it's a very lonely process of like branching out on your own so 
so you will absolutely feel um amazing if you've got a, a good group of other small businesses around you that you can share information and advice and just share how you're feeling and know that you're not alone in that process um second thing would be uh, the importance of pivoting i've pivoted like five times in my business in the last 18 months and i've gone through so many ideas and just try to figure out how do i survive and keep my business running and it's okay that your business might transform into something that you didn't imagine it to be just be really open-minded and be flexible about you know looking at your options for business continuity and moving your business forward um find a need and focus on it so we're living in an ever-changing world and the the need of people is obviously changing and we've seen that massively mark in the last 12 months so you know just keep keep seeing what's going on keep an eye on what's going on and then you know change change what you're doing or address those those things that comes and then um like belief and courage in what you're doing it is a scary process to start a business like i still think why the hell am i doing this or how am i doing this and um, but you have to have like such courage to know that you're doing it because you have a belief in something and you know your first year is going to be tough your second year is probably going to be as tough but then things will get better it's like planting a tree a tree you know starts off a bit weak and it's small but over time it grows to this massive you know impenetrable be like you know form and that's that's pretty much like your business you have to just believe that over time it will get better and you will find a groove and you'll find your niche and you'll be able to work within that you've definitely learned the hard way i i set up my uh, law for my first business in 2010 which is in the midst of the financial crisis slash the biggest overhaul of the legal sector in a hundred years um and i think my dad at the time said well you picked a grand time and to a point he was he was right but Actually, prior to that, when I first started in the industry, um, sort of my mentor always said, you learn more from the tough cases because when things are going wrong or you need to fix things because they're complicated, what you actually find is if you can deal with them, the easy bits are even easier. And I guess you've done that very same thing where if you can create and build a business and adapt a business in a worldwide pandemic where every opportunity to generate business is shut off from you um, by communicating yeah. with them through the, a computer screen um, then when the world goes back to we can hug and lick lampposts and what have you it should be dead easy because you know if you can deal with the crisis situation then a normal situation will feel very manageable absolutely yeah and and like you know business continuity and having all your eggs in one basket is something that i think you just it's one of those things that you don't really think about too much when you're setting up a business because you're so excited about the fact that you're going to be your own boss but actually these are things that like i'm sure all of us have like so been focused on like as a result of what's been going on so yeah i mean it, it can only go from strength to strength once we are able to do the things that we were supposed to do before. But at the same time, there are things about this pandemic that have changed us for the better, I think. And, you know, me do offering this service online, I wouldn't probably have never considered doing that before 
pandemic but now it's opened up more doors than i could have imagined so not not all bad things lead to other bad things some bad things lead to good things and so it's always important to like remain positive through it the network thing was quite an interesting one as well i didn't realize when i went to set up a business for the first time how few people in all the different worlds i didn't know <laughs> you know you, you know lots of people within your small little bubble of your own little world but when you suddenly realize you need an accountant and you might need a painter and decorator to do the office and you might need and the list goes on uh, you might need someone to build your website or design your logo and you've got no idea of anyone who and you're suddenly flailing around trying to find someone who knows someone who might be reliable and when they quote a price you've got absolutely no idea whether that's a reasonable price or not there's no trust that's quite a frightening prospect and just building up those networks is is massively put my contact book 12 years on is substat there are people in there who i probably haven't seen for eight nine years but if i needed their service i'd be quite happy just picking up the phone and going hey mate how are you doing would you would you be able to help me out with this yeah no that's so that is so true like and even when i started my business in january i'd done a little bit of networking but not to the extent that the, the pandemic forced me to do um and i can't believe the the vast amount of people that i know now who run such diverse businesses as you said mark and who are all in the same boat as you are and who all have the same challenges and who are just looking sometimes to have a a touch base with someone because they're having a difficult day or because they need a recommendation for somebody that you might know i mean it's legitimately crazy that you can actually meet such amazing people just if you open your mind and think actually networking isn't this big scary thing that like people are just you know self-absorbed or they want to you know toot their own trumpet or whatever there are genuinely really nice people and i think i've met most of them during this pandemic and i've become it's it's so weird that you can have an online networking group and then build solid relationships and friendships with people like i cannot believe i'm friends with some of the people that i've only ever met online to to the extent that i talk to them every other week or every week and now they're like i see them more than see me normal friends it's really strange but it is such a valuable like group of people that you can have around you because there is nobody like other people going through what you're going through that can help you you know move forward basically and thankfully we have zoom because otherwise you'd have you'd have uh, i've watched that catfish on telly and <laughs> find out a 12 12 year old kids just toying with me emotions <laughs> That would not be good. <laughs> okay, so those are incredibly brilliant tips for business owners. What about from a, an interior des design perspective? So, aside from the fact you're probably just about to describe my living room, um, what <laughs> what are the key do's or don'ts if you are thinking about or currently in the midst of redecorating your house and perhaps what is one of the the key things you might be able to give to someone who would love to do something to make their their house feel a bit more special but perhaps can't afford it i guess yeah so you would be surprised at how many places there are online to find like cheaper alternatives for products so the first thing i would say is 
you know, get a style in mind that resonates with you. So for example, if you do want to have a minimalist Scandi look, do as much research as possible to understand what does that look involve, right? What are the colors um, that you need to have in your space? What type of furniture? What type of materials? What type of lighting? And you know, the Pinterest boards and the Instagram boards are like posts are such great um, sources of inspiration for that kind of stuff. And it does take time to then look around online, but Google search is the best invention ever, let's be honest, because you can absolutely find anything for whatever price point you want. It might come from China and take five weeks to get to you, but it will probably be cheaper than what you can find locally. So just be open-minded about like, not just going to your regular point of, of um you know shopping space that you normally go to do google searches try and find different stuff um and you will definitely find cheaper alternatives for the things that you want within the style that you are trying to achieve the second thing is people constantly buy furniture that is oversized god don't do it because you will regret it for the rest of your life please, please, please take the opportunity to like measure your space properly and even take dimensions of a floor plan into your furniture store or whatever and tell them, will this work within my space? And they will not be expecting you to do it, but trust me, it's so important that you do do it so that you don't have a massive great sofa that you can't maneuver around in your house. Um, Cause that's definitely something that happens. Um, color, people are really like, need to need to think about like how important color is in the space and like how it can improve your mood so don't be scared to experiment with color it doesn't need to be on absolutely every wall but like coloring accessories colors on a feature wall colors in a print on a sofa or um a cushion it just brightens up a room and it gives a bit of, a, of your personality personality into it and then i guess the final thing i would say is the importance of lighting don't just think that it's like something that shouldn't be considered. The impact of wall lighting is massive on a space. The impact of like um, indirect lighting through the use of lamps is really important as well. Um, depending on whether you're a north facing room or a south facing room and how much light you want to actually, is it a cozy dark space that you want to create? Is it a bright space that you want to create? And there's so many alternatives and options for lighting now that it needs, it can make or break a room if you choose the wrong lighting. So don't just stick to your track lighting, for example. I have got track lighting in my house. I'm in the middle of changing that. But like, <laughs> yeah, you, you, there are so many alternatives and there's so many stylish alternatives that are super reasonably priced go out and have a look at like what options there are and have a look at how it's being styled in other you know properties online and just go for it yeah i, I suppose lighting's a bit like getting your car washed and then just putting a sticky handprint on the middle of your windscreen if you get it wrong it's like you've just spent all that time and all that effort making your car look all clean and sexy and then you just spoilt it with a big bright bulb hanging down from yeah, the yeah. middle of the the ceiling can I just also mention one thing as well? Because it absolutely makes me think about clutter. <laughs> uh, everybody has so much clutter in their house, me included. And I'm trying to be get into the process of like decluttering in a massive way because it doesn't help anybody's interiors to have a load of stuff everywhere. So if you get an opportunity, now we're in spring, spring clean, decluttering your house can instantly make it feel much bigger 
and make it look much nicer than when you've got lots of trinkets everywhere. So, Well, scientifically, it's actually proven to cause stress as well. Uh, as clutter oh. uh, we did um we did some um some tests and and looked into this some research on this for for the staff for their desks so the staff's desks were always kept minimal so they didn't have anything they didn't need on there we even got rid of you know the landline telephones we had a a VoIP system on the mobile so you didn't have a big telephone on there because when there's clutter your eyes are attracted to the items and because it can't focus on one item it dots around constantly looking at all of the stuff which obviously stimulates your brain and causes stress so if you want to properly relax getting rid of clutter is a way of enabling your brain to relax even when you think you're relaxing you probably aren't interesting fact that is so true and also having loads of plants around you is super important i would encourage everybody to have like two or three plants in there per room because it just gives you this kind of calming feeling there's something about plants and the fact that it's natural and stuff i mean like within a one meter radius of my my desk right now i've got six plants it's a little bit of a jungle but i love it because it just gives me this kind of like tropical not in manchester vibes which you know we're all in you know striving for basically and they're all social distance if they're a meter away yeah exactly Right, Ishtar, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, have a chat, have a consultation, uh, or they just want to check you out on the old socials, how can they get in touch? So on Instagram um, and Facebook, you can get me at Ancora Interiors, or the website is www.ancorainteriors.com. I'm on LinkedIn under Ishtar Ali, um, or just send me an email on hello at ancorainteriors.com. Or if you like WhatsApp, because we've been talking about WhatsApp, you can give me a call on my mobile and all of that information is online too. Fantastic. Plenty of ways to get in touch. Or you can ring, or we've got ring. (laughs) Letter. You can send a letter, I suppose. Does anyone use letters anymore? I always, so. I always get quite excited when I get letters in the post that don't look like it's a bill or a bank statement. It's like, <laughs> ooh. Anymore. I know, very occasionally, very occasionally. Like birthday, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Ishtar, that's been a fascinating chat. Thoroughly enjoyed it. As I said from the outset, if you want to get your business on, business spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk or get online and cut direct messages through social. If you've enjoyed the show, if you could share it, that'd be cool because more people who hear it the better give us a review uh, on whichever platform you use to listen to it um and that's about it really so ishtar thank you very much thank you mark thanks for having me thanks for listening guys and we'll catch you next time bye now if you'd like to submit your business to be on the show simply email spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk or message us on social media at the podstation on facebook instagram linkedin and twitter Check out all our shows exclusively on thepodstation.co.uk.